we started out this year with some questions. I don't mean questions from us, although I'm sure there were, there were those too. Like, when will this pandemic end? What's going on in our country? Will 2021 be any better than 2020? What are we going to do with the kids today? I mean, different kinds of questions than those. We started out the year asking, uh, we started out the year as a church looking at questions that God asks us in Scripture. Questions that show that God is interested in a conversational relationship with us. Questions that show the things God thinks are the most important things for us to be thinking and talking about. Questions that draw us into deeper relationship with God and deeper engagement with the world. So over the last six weeks, we've heard God ask, where are you? Where is your brother? What is that in your hand? Who do you say that I am? Do you want to get well? Those questions have invited us to gaze deeply into our, into our own hearts and have revealed some of the very heart of God. They've challenged us and hopefully gotten inside of our lives to transform us. We've got one more question to wrap up the series this morning. And it's a question that still has revolutionary significance. Do you understand what I have done for you? Do you understand what I have done for you? Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, grow us, transform us, so that we might live for you and bear fruit for your kingdom. We pray in Christ's holy name. Amen. Today's scripture comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 1 through 15. Listen for God's word. Before the festival of Passover, Jesus knew his time had come to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them fully. Jesus and his disciples were sharing the evening meal. The devil had already provoked Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew the Father had given everything into his hands and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the table and took off his robes. Picking up a linen tile, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a wash basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the tile he was wearing. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand what I'm doing now, but you will understand later. No, Peter said, you will never wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't have a place with me. Simon Peter said, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus responded, those who have bathed only need to have their feet washed because they are completely clean. Your, you disciples are clean, but not every one of you. He knew who would betray him. That's why he said, not every one of you is clean. After he washed the disciples' feet, 
he put on his robes and returned to his place at the table. Do you know what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you speak correctly because I am. If I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you too must wash each other's feet. I have given you an example. Just as I have done, you also must do. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Who would have, who would have thought that, that washing feet could be so powerful? I've been a part of many foot washing ceremonies uh, in the past, but two in particular really stand out to me. Uh, the first one, the first time I ever experienced foot washing beyond, you know, in the bathtub or the, or the shower, was on an Appalachian Service Project mission trip when I was in high school. Um, ASP is a home repair ministry, and um, I was with a group, and we were serving in the middle of summer, and this was the last day of the week of that work week. And by this point, everyone was not just dirty and sweaty. We were sweaty and dirty inside of clothes that were already sweaty and dirty from wearing them earlier in the week. As our van approached the entrance to the school where we were staying for the week, I could see our college staffers posted there at the entrance with what looked like giant uh, buckets and towels. We rolled down the windows and they said, okay, everybody get out. We're going to wash your feet. I remember this simultaneous feeling of, of awe and self-consciousness that came over me as I pulled off my sweaty work boots and socks and placed my pruned feet in the hands of a college staffer. It was a, it was a powerful experience. And I remember being surprised that I got that emotional. The emotion that I felt from such an ordinary action, it felt in some profound way like I was being served with the love of God. I washed others' feet for the first time when I was serving as a, uh, an intern at UNC Wesley Campus Ministry when I was in Divinity School. And the campus minister and I decided to wash the student leaders' feet at a leadership retreat. So we got down on our, on our, on our knees and used a washcloth, a, a basin, and a towel, going student by student and pronouncing a blessing upon them and affirming something specific and special about each one of them. Again, it was a, it was a powerful experience. It felt in some profound way that I was serving them with God's love. Our tradition here is to do a hand washing, uh, hand washing on Monday, Thursday, or Holy Thursday each year along with communion and a shared meal. If you've ever been a part of that experience, you know how powerful even just washing one another's hands is. Who would have thought? Who would have thought this literal down-to-earth action could be so deeply meaningful and moving. But then again, don't we say that about the cup and the plate, the bread and the juice? Don't we say that about the water, the baptism? Should we really be surprised that something like washing someone else's feet means so much more than just the tangible act itself? Jesus did. He thought it was so powerful, uh, so important, so deep, dare we say even sacramental, pointing uh, beyond itself, that immediately after washing his disciples' feet, he asks them the question, do you understand what I have done for you? 
Clearly, the question indicates that there is more going on than just the physical act of cleaning feet. So let's allow that question to to engage us this morning. When Jesus asks, do you understand what I have done for you? It's an invitation to take the journey downward. Let's be honest, Jesus' foot washing action sharply goes against much of the dominant way our our, our culture, our society is organized and operates. And, And so I wonder if the challenge of the question isn't that we don't know the answer, but that we do. As Jesus washed his disciples' feet, he was demonstrating with his body and his actions the downward journey. A journey that God wants us all to take. You see, in the first century, at the time of Jesus, society was organized like a, like a pyramid. That's how it was arranged. At the top were the powerful, the well-off, the well-educated, the well-connected. They were the ones with the authority, the ones who ruled, the ones in charge, the ones calling the shots. The bottom were the powerless, the slaves, the servants, the uneducated, the, the alienated, outcasts, forgotten. Their job, of course, was to serve those at the top. And in those days, one of the ways that those at the bottom served those at the top was by washing their feet. When they came to your house or uh, returned from a journey or traveling. Foot washing was both a manner of hygiene and hospitality. And it was reserved for the lowest of servants. So you can only imagine what was going through the minds of the disciples when they uh, when they met at a house, traveled to a house to eat the Passover meal with Jesus. Were they uncomfortable knowing that one of them was going to have to wash the other's feet? Did they pretend not to notice? Who was it going to be? Who was going to do it? Certainly none of them seemed prepared to do so. Was there a, was there a servant somewhere? Yes. But he was also the master and host. His name was Jesus. And when he got up only long enough to wrap a towel around his waist before quite literally journeying downward and washing their feet as a servant, Jesus was doing the unthinkable. He was identifying with those at the bottom. No wonder (laughs) it throws Peter for a loop. We can almost imagine, hear him saying, This is not the way things are supposed to work. Our master should not be washing our feet. Do you understand what I've done for you, Jesus asks us? Yes, but I just don't like the implications. (laughs) Because the question carries with it the expectation that our understanding is lived in our journey downward. It is lived in our carrying a basin and towel with us more often than we carry our status symbols. Consumed more by a a passion to serve and be with those at the bottom than with a preoccupation with success, prestige, power, and those at the top. It's about being downwardly mobile, being willing to serve, not upward mobility, seeking to be at the top of the pecking order always. So the question forces me to ask myself, which stirs my heart more? The the lures of success, wealth, status, applause, or opportunity to serve someone? Which orders my steps, my days, my priorities? 
which journey comes more instinctive for me? The journey up or the journey down? In our society and culture, it's easier and safer to spend time with people at the top. Suffering people, broken people, excluded people, people with great need can be scary to be with because they remind us of how protected but also fragile our own lives are. It might also just reveal that, well, our hearts are often sluggish to respond to the suffering and justice in our midst. And yet the question remains, do you understand what I have done for you? I've washed your feet. You must do it too. In addition to inviting us to this, to this downward journey, Jesus' question also invites us to understand authority and power differently. In fact, Jesus turns notions of power and authority on their heads. Do you understand what I have done for you? Do, do you understand that it's not about love of power, but the power of Love, do you understand that authority in God's kingdom is not about lording a position over someone and ruling with indifferent strength, fear, tight control, narcissistic superiority? It's not about never showing weakness, vulnerability, never associating with those beneath you because you're afraid your influence or power could be compromised. Authority and power are what God intends when they're exercised in humble, loving service. People are amazed constantly at Jesus' power and authority throughout his ministry. And yet here we see God's authority and power finding full expression in vulnerability, service, weakness, intimacy, friendship. Authority and power are not found in in fancy titles, but in a towel. Not in fancy Not in high positions, but lowly faces. True power is revealed when it's abandoned in favor of loving service. True power is revealed when it's abandoned in favor of loving service. And yet we we trade power and authority for loving service all the time, even though Jesus emptied himself and became as we are. We're subject to the temptation to... To proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord, while at the same time creating these, these spheres of, of influence and power and really enjoying it. We want the kingliness of Jesus to rub off on us, not as much the servant part. As Henry Nouwen writes, power offers an easy substitute for love. Power offers an easy substitute for the hard task of love. It seems easier to be God than to love God. Easier to control people than to love and serve them. Easier to own life than to love life. All of us, all of us have some type of leadership responsibility, some type of power or authority in the home, the workplace, church, school, wider community. But how we exercise them indicates a very real answer to the question Jesus asked. Our relationship with Jesus doesn't grant us lording privileges. It grants us serving privileges. One final thing. When when Jesus asks, do you understand what I have done for you? He's inviting us to know the very heart of God. 
that question is like a, a, a verbal bridge between Jesus' act of love with a towel and basin and his act of love on the cross. It's impossible not to see a connection. John introduces the foot washing by saying, having loved his own who were in the world, Jesus loved them fully. This act was a prelude to that fully. When Jesus got down, humbled himself, and washed his disciples' feet out of sheer love, it was a preview of Jesus humbling himself, carrying a cross out of sheer love for the world. When Jesus emptied himself to serve his disciples, it foreshadowed his self-emptying in service to his Father in heaven for the redemption of the world. One act pointed to the other. When Jesus asks this question, he wants us to understand that this self-emptying love is the very heart of God. Is the very heart of God. This is who God is, the one washing feet, the one on a cross to make sure nothing can come between us. As Paul writes of Jesus in Philippians, though he was in the form of God, he did not consider being equal with God as something to exploit. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave and and becoming like human beings. And when he found himself in the form of a human, he humbled himself by becoming obedient unto death, even death on a cross. When we hear Jesus ask this powerful question, the point is not to think, wow, you know, despite the fact that he came from God and that he was God, nevertheless, he washed their feet. The point is to think washing their feet was precisely what he had to do because he was God. The point is to think going to the cross was precisely what he had to do because he was God. This is Jesus' way of showing exactly who God is. The God willing to wash feet is the God willing to become human and enter into our brokenness. The God willing to wash feet is the God, uh, the God willing to wash the dust, sweat, stink, and crap we step in off of our feet is the God willing to wash the filth and the sin and the crap we step in off of our hearts and lives from the cross. The Christ who washes the feet of his betrayer is the Christ who cries out from the cross with his last dying breaths, Father, forgive them. A self-emptying God of love. So when we hear, do you understand what I've done for you? How can we not think of the cross? How can we not think of love? How can we not see the very heart of God? Do you understand what I have done for you? Maybe it's hard to understand. Not because it's inaccessible, but because it's inexhaustible. It takes all we are to understand. It takes our whole life following in the way of Jesus. This is not Jesus issuing some generalized call for service. This is Jesus issuing a call to give as he gives, to love as he loves, to serve as he serves. 
And so we ask ourselves, not just when was the last time we served someone because of our relationship with Jesus Christ, but when was the last time we served in such a way that we would have never done but for our relationship with Jesus? Because right now, right now, even as Jesus is asking that question, the world is asking whether being a Christian makes any difference or not. Maybe it takes being a servant, always walking around with our basin and towel. Maybe, maybe then and only then do we have some, some kind of answer when Jesus asks us, do you understand what I've done for you? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.